Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Welcome to the latest edition of Drink This Beer Craft Beer Podcast, where we talk to the brewers from around the country and around the world about the beer you love and the stories behind it. That's right, Tim. We are taking the show on the road today. We are in lovely Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting from the Woodlands, which is Sweetwater Brewing's new sour and barrel aging facility. We're talking to Troy Monshone. He's the barrel aging facility manager here. And we're also going to be talking to Chris Meadows, who is a brewer for Sweetwater. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank Definitely. Having us. So now, most craft beer drinkers are familiar with Sweetwater, of course, for 20, one of the first craft beers that I had here in Georgia. Uh, your IPA, Blue, Going Coastal, what we call clean beers are pretty popular. The Woodlands, though, it's a pretty big departure from that. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this uh, project came, came about. So this project basically became about when uh, sour beers um, started you know, blowing up in America and also the way sour beers have blown up around the world. And you know, myself, along with Chris Meadows, took a notion to that and I used to be a laboratory technician for Sweetwater Brewing Company so I was able to have the freedom to experiment with beers to freedom to experiment with microbes and Chris also had some extra time on his hands so when it came to basically making these styles of beers I would grow up the microbes for Chris and then Chris would actually take the wart for me and take the microbes and then we'd put them into separate carboys and test them out to see which microbes that we actually preferred and then we understood that the taste and the complexity of the beer was much greater than your normal ale would be and the sense and fashion of you would get a sense in place of what you were actually drinking. Now, with these beers, we use the term, and I'm guilty of it as well. I think a lot of people in the beer world do sour beers. It's a, you know become a blanket statement for any beer that's not a clean beer. So, But that's kind of a misnomer when we talk about these kind of beers, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really a sour beer. I mean, we... That's, that's not all we're making here. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. We're not, we're not trying to make the beer necessarily sour. We're trying to make the beer complex. And that is the ultimate goal of this facility, is to create the most complex beer that the Sweetwater Brewing Company has created in the history of the company. And that is ultimately the goal of the Woodlands facility. So we're not trying to necessarily create a beer that's, that's sour. You know, anybody can create a sour beer. I mean, it's not hard to create something that's sour or something that's not very complex, something that's not very delicious or drinkable. But we're trying to t- take all those aspects and basically incorporate it into one. We're trying to take something that's extremely light, extremely drinkable, extremely complex, and extremely, you know, to sweet water, something that is organic to us, and put it out on the market to create something that is extremely unique at the end of the day. For people that are maybe new to, and I'm going to use the term just because it's recognized, the sour beers or the wild beers, if they haven't tried them before, if someone's listened to this and they've never ventured out of the clean beers, what are some of the flavors they can expect to see in these kind of beers that they wouldn't normally get in, say, a standard IPA? Um, that's a pretty good question and a pretty broad one, too. Long I'd question. Say. We're going to yeah. take the we show. we got 20 minutes to go. Exactly. 20 minutes there to go. go. Okay. So I know we um, talk funky is a, you know, funky and sour tart or some, you know, Yeah, you funky, know, sour, tart, um, barnyard, you get a lot. And there's, these are all kind of descriptors that can help people identify what they might experience. But in my opinion, they're not the greatest descriptors in the world. Like yeah, when you when tell someone who's never had a sour beer before, here, try this, it's a barnyard smell. And it kind of turns people off a little bit. Right. But what Troy is saying, t- speaking to about the complexities of it is the controlled <laughs> method that we actually use to make these complex. It wants to occur naturally. 
beer wants to naturally spoil and go bad and end up smelling like a footlocker or or a cow pasture or something like that it wants to naturally occur so our role is to kind of i guess make that happen in a controlled manner and make only the pleasing compounds that we want which a lot of people liken to um, citric acid so a lot of lactic bacteria can kind of give you some yogurt flavors that kind of like that tart kind of spiciness that's on your tongue when you eat yogurt that's technically from lactobacillus which is one of the organisms we use to sour beer and it's one of the organisms that want to live in the wood and that's why wood's such an important part for for this facility what's kind of your vision for the facility here uh, going i mean the, i mean the vision for me was 100 percent lamp producers i mean somebody like jean van moi pierre tilquin you know armand from three fontaine or i mean the list can go on and on uh, that was what my facility was. Natural fermentation inside of a barrel. Pump the barrel out into a food or into, from the fooder, we'll fruit it, or it might be so delicious out of the barrel, we don't even need to go into a fooder to do anything. And then we'll go straight into the bottle and then let it do 100% natural conditioning on the house Britannomyces strain, which Chris has generously taken time to help me produce. And it's taken about a year and a half to produce this house Britannomyces strain. And it's been a very unique very fulfilling um, goal that we have actually reached. Do you guys have a cool ship here now or, or plans to add some open fermentation like that? So we do have one punching right now that we were actually swelling and the wood kind of went south on the head so it blew out so if you cannot see the punching down here we will be using as an open fermentation vessel okay. to grow actually hydrangea flower petals and other natural Georgia microbes inside of this punching to ultimately produce a naturally fermented saison inside of a food. But technically we're in the middle of a city so a cool ship might not be the best idea. Might not want to gather what's flying through That's the true. air. We're yeah. right next to 85 oh, yeah. and some train yeah. tracks. Yeah, you might not want any. Uh, You're not going to get anything good. <laughs> yeah. There. yeah, the I-85 Lambic. That I'm sure that'll be a popular one. <laughs> That's right? a funk so, we don't want to. It have. would yeah. be distinct. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, right. Mara spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. No, no. It's funny because you know you were talking just before about uh, the Brett, uh, the Brett yes. Mice. It took you a year and a half to produce. Yes, it did. These are beers that take a while. They do take a while. They do, and, and tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you've got a lot of barrels here. We do. This is something that, uh, again, you know, we will drink no sour beer before it's time type of a thing. To, Absolutely. To coin a phrase. So if you, if, if you drink a sour beer before it's time, I mean, you're basically drinking something that you, you ultimately don't want to drink. You ultimately don't want to smell, right? I mean, it will be the same thing as drinking like a mid-fermentation wheat ale. Yummy. Or a pilsner or a lager that hasn't been aged for long enough. You're going to get a lot of off flavors on it. So with these beers, you got to catch them, A, not only at the right time, but B, at the right maturation process. And Britannomyces, to me, is the biggest yeast factor in all of these beers. I love Britannomyces along with Chris. Chris and I will stand by anything when it comes to Britannomyces. We think Britannomyces is one of the most versatile yeast in all of the brewing industry. You can do clean IPAs, in which you would never even know you use Britannomyces. Or you can do Britannomyces in the sense of you will underpitch it and you can create acetic acid and tons of other compounds and create a much more versatile yeast such as we did with Through the Brambles or Smokey and the Bread or even the 20th Anniversary. And that's three examples of a Brett-style beer in which the same Britannomyces strain was used, and you got three completely different complexities from the same strain. And in regards to that as well, um, just from clean fermenting beers, generally you get a beer 
you pitch the tank, you brew the beer, seven to nine days later, it's almost ready to kind of start warming up or dry hopping or crashing. Typically, within 21 days, a 420 is seeing its whole process and it can hit a can or hit a keg um and the reason that works is because the the so-called non-wild yeast strains have been trained to produce certain compounds in certain amounts of time the cool thing about brett is it will also do the same thing as clean yeast strains it'll ferment sugar and create alcohol but it also makes a whole world of other compounds that normal yeast strains don't so if you give it the right environment it can make all sorts of really incredible compounds that you come back and say, wow, that's ripe banana or really crazy stone, tropical stone fruits. And all those can come from the Brett and the biotransformation of the hop oils. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you don't necessarily have a set amount of time on where you said, I mean, you know, it could take six months, could right. take six weeks, could take six years. You cell, cell count's a huge part of that. And the condition you set up the initial fermentation in has a lot to do with how long it'll take and what will actually come out on the, on the back end. Yeah. I mean, both Chris and I wish we could, you know, make one of these beers and five days later, sure. you get it. Ready to go, right? Just yeah. doesn't, yeah, just fight, doesn't yeah. happen That's that way. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just nature. We can't fight it. You know, something we hear a lot with people, even on the clean beer side, mm-hmm. talking about capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something if a, a brewery makes a beer that's super popular, a new brewery makes a beer that's really popular, a lot of people get upset if they can't find them on the shelf every time they want to go to it. You know, But there are limitations to that. I mean, even on your clean beers, you've only got so much brewing and fermentation capacity. That is you know exponentially the same or for the sour and wild beers you know right even when you go to release a certain barrel two barrels sitting right next to each other with the same beer may age at a different pace correct or or totally different flavors one of the really big fights i think that we had getting this place to actual reality was that fight of well when can we release this beer you know we're trying to plan out the year when can we release this and the answer was always we really don't know and that wasn't an acceptable answer for quite a while yeah and so it took a few years to really get that into it's like hey if you're going to build this building and allow us to do this you can't say give me a beer every six weeks because it won't be what you want and Mm -hmm. it won't make this place special yeah and it's kind of getting that uh that uh uh, i guess uh leeway to go Mm -hmm. ahead and just have something like hey we wanted to have it up right now but it's going right. to take another six weeks or so. To Absolutely. And talking about what Troy was, you know, the Lambic Brewing tradition itself, they're usually blending beers that have been aging for up to three or four years. So when you really think about that, we don't have any beers like that here. So we can't release something even remotely similar to that level yet because we haven't been aging our beer long enough. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. You're listening to Drink This Beer. We're at Sweetwater Brewing Company's The Woodlands, and we'll be back right after this. More Drink This Beer with Tim and Aaron coming up after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys, or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. Welcome back to Drink This Beer with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. 
And welcome back to Drink This Beer. We're at Sweetwater Brewing Company of the Woodlands, and we're talking to Troy Montrone and Chris Meadows today. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having us. Definitely. Coming back in the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual beer you're producing here at the Woodlands Project. And you've got one right now that you're ready to crack open. Can you tell us about this one? We are. This is called Through the Brambles. It is a beer that's been aged in Chardonnay and Pinot Noir barrels with blackberries for over a year and a half. And then it was re-fermented inside of the bottle with our house uh, Britannomyces strain for the past four, four and a half months inside of kegs and bottles. And we are very, very happy with the way it's turned out. You know, the label is absolutely gorgeous. All of the specs on the back of it that you're looking for. For the beer nerds like myself, you know, when I look right. at the bottle, I look at total acidity, and most people are like, yeah, I have no idea what, what total acidity is, but total acidity is just going to actually tell you how acidic your beer sure. really is. So okay. the higher the number, the more acidic your beer is. So I'd be used too, so this is a hophead beer then, right? It might not be for no, but uh, your hophead. Yeah, heads. like, so is this, is the label wood? The label it's a is wood veneer. A wood veneer. Yes. Okay. That's you, very Chris. cool. Very you're, you're fondling. You're fondling the, the label. I am. I'm right. be, be very careful caressing the beer label. And, uh, it's going to pop its cork, and, uh, Troy. Pop so, want to pop the cork? I think so. I think that's good. There yes. you go. So, so here we go. Let's, uh, Let's see if we got anything. Exactly. There you go. There we go. Well done. Here you go, Aaron. Let me fill your glass for you there. Thank you, sir. And again, you said this is your first release from the Woodlands Project that you've got so far. Uh, What other things do you have in the the pipe that uh, you'd be willing to talk about? So in the pipe right now, we have... Lots of things in the pipe, first of all. Okay. Lots. Yes. Um, I mean, in the pipes right now, we have multiple golden sours on different microbes and different barrels. We have... What's the first release from the Woodlands publicly? Publicly is going, I will honestly say, it's going to be a golden ale that's been re-fermented on 3,000 pounds of mixed cherries inside of a fooder. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then it will be... The re- fooders that we're seeing right here, by the way, too, in the front mm-hmm. of the... Yes. Okay. And cherries the, are in that cherries one in right that here. From the okay. Second from the wall. Great. Chris and I added 3,000 pounds of a blend of Montmorency and Balaton cherries. The only reason we added more Balaton than Montmorency is because the beer was already slightly acidic and sour, so and you the, don't want more sour cherries. So we want more of a sweeter profile, something to actually feed the microbes to okay. get us longer chain sugars. So what we're looking at is more of a Balaton versus a Montmorency blend. Um, and we're looking to do that towards the end of this year. You know, we need, as you know, you know, five and a half to six months for the Britannomyces to actually take hold inside of the bottle and actually give us the correct compounds we're looking for. But the beer is turning out beautifully. We're looking at like a Oud Brune. We're looking at a bunch of Golden Bay Sours. We're looking at Oud Brunes that have been re-fermenting inside of these gorgeous uh, whiskey barrels that were just filled, that have been re-fermenting on uh, Brett Bray. So, I mean, we have a lot of stuff down the Do you guys need some people to help QC the taste test on those? Yeah, we will yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know. You take a dip in the yeah, food or down yeah, there. I mean, so, I mean yeah. if anybody's really willing to take a dive, you know, come on and swim with us. Now, you know, you kind of ad- address a little bit, but talking about the different kind of cherries, so. Yes. I mean, you get a different fla- flavor profile from it. You, you have it tart and sweet, and mm-hmm. you can customize the blend to get exactly what you want based on your beer, right? You can. Absolutely. So yeah. it's your, your creation of the beer doesn't stop. You know, you don't just say, throw cherries in it. Nope. You know, it's so. Because then you can take it from a fooder because the fooder, as you know, it has a large diameter, right? So the large diameter, your, your ultimate beer is not going to get 
all of the oak characteristics that you want. So you could take X proportion and take from the fooder and go into oak barrels, or you could take X proportion and go into the punchins we have downstairs. So, I mean, there's actually a lot of different things that you can do with that style of beer to get different characteristics and a different flavor profile out of the beer before it's re-fermented on the house breast strain. Awesome. Now, Chris, when brewing these beers, is there anything pre-fermentation that you need to do different for a beer that's going to go into the you know a wild barrel than say a clean beer yeah i'd say that there's a lot of a lot of differences um when we're knocking out a normal batch of our beer for say 420 we want to add oxygen to the wort to aid the the yeast growth inside the tank um we typically don't want to do that if we're going to put this wort directly in a fooder because wood will allow that oxygen to come in over time we don't need to force oxygen in okay. in that sense yeah. Um, another another big factor is we we like hops here in this in this brewery. Yep. So if we're going to use wort for a specific purpose over here, we really need to coordinate that with the brew house and make sure we have a batch going that has low IBUs or skip the skip the hop additions altogether and kind of reblend in a second batch that's got more hops to make sure that tank is the correct IBU for say IPA or 420. But we could still steal some of that wort and bring it over here before it ever gets any hops. So those are two two large factors, I'd say. And Chris brings up a great point about the hops inside of these beers. Um, as y'all know, as everybody on this podcast might have tasted, uh, the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at a highly hopped IPA mm-hmm. on Brett. That's phenomenal. We're looking at 80 IBUs as a house Brett strain that we let ferment for close to five and a half months. And it's turned out absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the beer inside of the bottle had no sugar, had no yeast. It was completely conditioned the same as your Lambert Brewers would do. So you're looking at 1.5 Play-Doh around that range to put it inside of the bottle, let it re and we'll just see naturally what happens. And it's turned out to be just delightful and delicious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for all your hopheads out there that also like a little bit of funkiness in their life, you know, it is Mardi Gras season, so happy Fat Tuesday to everybody. There you uh, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you get, so cheers to that. Cheers. 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 You do have your hopheads, you got your funk heads, and everybody else like that, you know, that is our 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Sweetwater ultimately brought the hops to the south, and then people like myself, and people like Chris, and people like Nick B, and other people like that have brought the funk and sweet water. So the funk and the hops have actually produced themselves inside of the city of Atlanta in a very natural and beautiful way that yeah. you can never refute. Yeah. And I do love that. One more thing about the 20th. You what had just did. asked a question about what do we do differently for preparation for some mm-hmm. of these beers. Um, Pretendomyces is kind of known for eating almost every last thing that's in the body of a beer. That's why some people kind of notice its presence a lot more because it's it's eaten out a lot of sugars that you normally perceive to be the body of a beer so one thing we did in preparation for this year's 20th anniversary was we included a lot of adjuncts like flaked oats unmalted wheat a little extra dose of wheat something body back up bring the body back up because we knew and anticipated the longer fermentation time now talking of the hops and and microbes and that Mm -hmm. there's some that over a certain ibu they just won't function is that right so you have to be cognizant of that when i think uh, lactobacillus is a pretty finicky strain of bacteria and certain IBU levels can actually kill that strain. Um, but when it comes to Pachanomyces, when it, IBU levels, it'll eat whatever. It don't uh, care. I'm Throw it in there and let it eat, right? I'm getting yeah. my master's degree right now from Harriet White University in mm-hmm. fermentation sciences. So when it comes to anything and redox reactions and 
consuming of alpha and beta acids with Britannomyces. Britannomyces will actually eat just about as much as I do, and that's anything. <laughs> there you go. Just keep putting it yeah, out there. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, lots, yeah, you're a skinny yeah. guy, though, Troy. I'm not sure I, you know, I, I can believe that, but I that's mean, okay. He's dry because he's yeah. eating. That's it. That's yeah. why he's skinny. Yeah, that's, you know, it. that's how it works. Uh, if you look yeah. at a redox reaction with Britannomyces, it'll eat ethanol. It'll eat alpha acids. It'll eat beta acids. It'll, it'll, eat, it'll eat wood sugars. It'll eat yeah. anything. Yeah. It will literally consume dead yeast cells. Yeah, just kind of like me, exactly. We're talking with uh, Troy Montrone <laughs> and Chris Meadows. They're from uh, Sweetwater Brewing Company's The Woodlands Project, and uh, we're going to uh, have a couple more minutes with those guys right now. Now, again, this Woodlands Project, uh, we talked about uh, Through the Brambles, which is your first brewery-only release. Mm-hmm. Do you expect to have more uh, distribution of some of these sour beers coming up in the future as well? Absolutely. Yeah. We do. That's what this facility is, is for. Okay. We also do look to have um, distribution. We're looking at distribution um, on a map that we don't really know yet. You know, we're mm-hmm. looking to see the consumer feedback ultimately. Um, for now, we'll start in the state of Georgia. You know, it might go to Alabama, Florida, you know, South Carolina. But right now, we're looking to basically distribute to whoever really wants to, you know, go the extra mile on the beer. Yeah. You know, same as the employees, you know, we will put that extra effort into the beer. Now, is there a little bit more of an educational process when it comes to these kind of beers uh, in the general public? Because, again, the Sweetwater average 420 drinker yeah. I've, is not going to be too keen on this at first until they no. until they kind of get educated on it. Um, when it comes to these styles of beers, we're definitely um, putting it towards a certain beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, we really want everybody to enjoy these beers. And if you're a hophead, if you're somebody that just loves to pound pilsners all day long, like myself, you know, if I'm going fishing for a day, if I'm going hiking for a day, I'm not drinking a sour beer. Simple as yeah, that. That's a little tough, yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm not doing that. I'm drinking, I'm drinking a delicious pilsner, and that's all I'm doing. So we're looking to really get out to everybody. So the more feedback that we can get from the woodlands, the better... Uh, it will put myself and Chris in a sit- situation to where we can produce a beer for everybody. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for. We're not looking to produce a beer for myself or yeah. for Chris. Because if I was looking to produce a beer for myself, um, it would be one of the most acidic and jaw-crutching beers you've ever had. And <laughs> yeah. that's not. I've had what, some of those. I've had yeah, some too. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's not that's not what we're looking for in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. We're really looking to get complexity. We're looking to get. You know, we're really looking to get consumer feedback, and that's what yeah. I cannot stress enough. You know, when you're when you are a sour beer fan or you're beer geeks, you know, like we all are here, Absolutely. you get. You know, I think they said craft beer is like twelve percent of the total beer market right now. So that's yeah. we think it's great, and we see what that means in craft beer. But that's really a small percentage of overall beer drinker. Then you add in sour beers, and that's a smaller percentage mm-hmm. of a twelve percent. So right. you know, we came to your uh, preview event here. For yes. the woodlands, and I overheard someone talking to their friend. They're like, "Why do they have so many sour beers here?" You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, that's kind of all kinda matters reason reason perspective, about, so. I guess." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's something you know. And we, I introduce some to my friends that don't necessarily drink a lot of those beers, but it is, you know, it's still very much uh, a growing, uh, you know, subset of the craft beer world. You know? Absolutely, and, and there's people that you know never will care for them, just like I, I don't think I'll ever 
Aaron falling in love with West Coast IPA. That's I'm okay, Tim. I'll drink sorry them for about you. that. I'll drink but, it for uh, you. That's fine. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. You just, so. you give me a call. I'll help you out. You, you, you so got to see. We've got so, it covered. So here. Chris and Absolutely. I got it covered for you. There we go, guys. You and I are on the same page on that one. You know, I'm not a hothead in any Yeah. No. So that's you know, I've I've grown to enjoy some of the the Northeast style. You know, the more juicier, you know, softer ones and that, but still a big West Coast. I can appreciate. What it is, it's just Absolutely. not my preferred taste. And that, so. There's nothing wrong with that. That, yeah. to me, is the, the beauty of craft beer itself. Is there's Something a little for bit everyone. for everybody. Sure. So many styles, and that's what makes it fascinating. You know, you basically take four ingredients, and mm-hmm. then you can do about eight gajillion different types of things with them. And, yep. uh, you know, this is just part of it. So it's a very cool thing that you guys are doing. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, to, uh, to kind of step away from the beer and talk a little bit about the facility, we're sitting here in the woodlands right now. Yes. We're looking out over tons of barrels and punchins and fooders and all this let's do it it's, it's a gorgeous facility i Thank mean it's you. i believe it's thirty-seven thousand square feet the, it is the front has huge glass windows you know with a, a a nice view out there and in if you're driving by you see this uh you have a a big event space here in that so this wasn't just you know i've been in some other barrel rooms and they're barrel rooms you know they're yes. industrial yes. Yeah. Dank, exactly little closet so, things you don't show people most of the time right yeah. so this i mean this is something that even in your storage facility it's yeah. very attractive it's you know it's very uh, uh, aesthetically pleasing space here. It is. It's so. something we have to, you know, myself or Chris or, you know, Nimby, it's something you, know, you weekly or every, you know, twice a week you have to come through, you have to clean, you have to make sure that this facility is up to the standards in which it was set to be built on. So when it comes to keeping the facility in the situation that you see right now, mm-hmm. um, it's a never-ending process. I mean, you, you clean twice, three times a week. Never stop. And that's not just for, say, for the consumer, but that's just for myself and Chris. You know, we like to keep our area clean the same way you like to keep your house clean, the same way you like to keep your desk clean. It's the same way, you know, out here in the woodlands is our desk. Yeah. We don't have a desk. Sure. you got a big desk. This is a desk. very large you've, desk. You've got a desk. I don't have a desk. <laughs> I'll say that again. Yeah. I will get into that. We, we that's okay. That's 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 yeah. we, we share a desk. There you go. But, but this is our desk. So when it comes to keeping our desk clean, uh, we have to always pay strict attention to is the food leaking? Are the barrels leaking? You know, is there any, you know, Loss coming from these tanks, or is there any dust, or is there any acetobacter flies, or anything like that? Some so, dust, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we have to keep this facility just as clean as we possibly can. Sure. Nice. And then yep. I was just going to add one thing about sure. the facility and the space. Um, part of the key key focus for Sweetwater and this space was to have a space where we can have tours and public events that can help drive the process of what happens here Mm -hmm. so we don't necessarily have to focus all our attention on getting every single drop of beer out this door and selling it all the main main focus is to fill the wood vessels you see and grow the inventory of of beers we can blend together but also give a give sweetwater one more place to kind of throw a party in a sense yeah where we can make some extra revenue it gets people through the door and we can pass that savings on to customers. I mean, you're getting some sour beers now that are coming out of the West Coast, $25, $30 a pop for yeah, a exactly. bottle. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that might be the greatest sour beer in the world, but 
can you really afford to do that every single time you want to buy one? Those are the ones that I buy and my wife yells at me after right. she sees you, the you know, bank account. She'll yeah. come home with a purse or shoes and exactly. you, like, you come home with... what on yeah, beer? Exactly. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, sorry. It's not my doing? fault. Exactly. It's not my fault. That's I didn't mean right. to do it. That's right. So anyway, we're cool. Troy Montrone, Chris Meadows uh, from Sweetwater Brewing Company is the Woodlands. Thanks so much for joining us on Drink This Beer this week. Appreciate it. Guys, thank, thank you. you so much for having us and please come back anytime that you feel free. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Definitely. Yes. Well, that wraps it up for the Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Check out BeerGuysRadio.com for more craft beer info and talk. And to make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagrams. Cheers, and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers, guys, and thank you so much for listening in. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer, produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams, part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network, beerguysradio.com.